The reading tonight is taken from the book of Joshua, chapter 1, verses 1 to 11. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people, get ready to cross the river Jordan into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you, nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people, go through the camp and tell the people, get your provisions ready. Three days from now, you will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your own. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks very much, Simon. My name's Ruth. I'm part of the staff team here at the church. And we're going to have a look at this passage in a minute. But first, let's pray. Father God, we thank you for the stories in your word that can speak to us today. Thank you for the person, Joshua. Thank you for his um, obedience to you. Thank, for you. thank you for your faithfulness to him. Lord, we pray that you would help us to learn something new from this passage tonight. And that we would understand at a deeper level, level your faithfulness to each of us. In your name. Amen. So the first bit of my sermon here is all about new terms and things like that. And it seems that the vicar has nicked the first part of my sermon. Because he's already mentioned things like new starts and new marriages. I was going to mention Jono and Heather. So um, anyway, so we'll blame the vicar for that bit. But we'll just say that actually new seasons are here, especially at this time of year, aren't they? I think often this time of year has more new starts to it than New Year itself. And these seasons can be both exciting and scary and joyful and sad. It's mixed, isn't it, sometimes, having new things starting. We've been welcoming five new members of staff to our church team. And, you know, doubtless they'll all be feeling some or all of the following Firstly, there's that anticipation of new challenges and new settings. There are new friends to discover, new relationships to work at, new homes to arrange and decorate. But 
there's the nervousness too that goes with all of that. They might be thinking, am I up to the challenge? Will I make friends? Will we ever settle in? Will I ever find the tea towels or the toaster or that toy that we've lost? Which box was it in again? And you know, it's often exhausting, isn't it? Physically or mentally, emotionally. When you start somewhere new, you feel as though you have to be on your best behaviour all the time, don't you? And all the old insecurities start to surface. What if they don't like me? What if I'm not good enough? What if I say the wrong thing, open my mouth at the wrong time? I'm really good at that. And if you have relocated geographically, then there's that added challenge of finding your way around a new town, dealing with Coventry's ring road system, registering with a doctor or the dentist, trying to sort out your broadband connection. The little things that can take an inordinate, inordinate amount of time and give you a lot of stress. And our reading today is about just such a moment in Bible history. The children of Israel have been wandering around the desert for 40 years. And they've finally made it to the border of Canaan, which is the promised land. The land that God has promised them they will inhabit. It will be their own, their home. But Moses, who's been their leader all that time, is dead. And Joshua has been chosen to take over. And he has some very big shoes to fill. Because, see, Moses is the one who met God in a burning bush. It was Moses who, with God's help, persuaded Pharaoh to let the children of Israel leave Egypt, to leave slavery. It was Moses who, with God's help, parted the waters of the Red Sea. It was Moses who received the Ten Commandments and the Lord direct from God himself at Mount Sinai. And it was Moses who interceded on behalf of the people for food and for water. And God answered that and he gave them manna and quail, water from a rock, so they didn't starve. But Moses wasn't perfect either. He disobeyed God on one occasion. We're told that in Numbers chapter 20. And as a result, God told him that even though he was leading the children of Israel around the wilderness, he himself would never enter the promised land. He'd see it from a distance, and that would be all. And so now Moses is dead, and Joshua is named as his successor. And then you have to add into that the fact that apart from Joshua and his friend Caleb who were both spies together, and they went and had a sneak preview of the promised land. Everyone else was aged under 20 when they left Egypt. Now, this was because the children of Israel were great moaners and grumblers. And basically, they'd said to God so often, we're all just going to die out here in the wilderness, that God had said, yes, actually, you've been grumbling so often, and I'm so fed up with you, that anybody aged 20 or over when you left Egypt won't make it into the promised land. So Joshua would be leading a group of people who've never known really anything other than a nomadic experience, a nomadic lifestyle. And because this was going to be a new phase in their lives, there would be no more manna, no more quail, no pillars of cloud or fire to guide them. Everything, everything was changing about their lifestyle. 
And it must have been hugely daunting. But Joshua had been blessed by Moses himself. And he'd been filled with the spirit of wisdom. But even so, imagine for a moment what he might have been thinking. Am I really the leader that Moses thought I was? Are these people really going to follow me? After all, I know what they're like. And they know what I'm like. What if God isn't really there? What if he leaves me to it once we get into the promised land? What if he just disappears? And what if I mess up? What's going to happen? Now, most of us, when we start something new, will have questions like that buzzing around our heads. It's a normal human response. But God tackles Joshua's fears head on, and he reminds him of what Moses said to him. Deuteronomy 31, verses 7 and 8, he says, Be strong, be courageous. The Lord himself goes before you, and he will be with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. So don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. And God reassures Joshua that he will keep the promises that he made to Moses. And that he will be with Joshua in just the same way that he was with Moses. He promises success in the tasks that lie ahead. He says, I will give you every place where you put your foot. But he also issues Joshua with a warning. And he says, you've got to be very careful to obey the law of Moses. Because that's going to be the key to his success. Following God's commands is going to keep Joshua in line with God. And in that way, he will prosper and he will be successful. And then God finishes with another reminder to be strong and courageous, not to be afraid or discouraged. Now, that's the third time that this is mentioned in these 11 verses. Now, in the Bible, if something is repeated, it's a good idea to take notice of it. It's important. So God is going to be with Joshua. It might not be easy, but God is going to be there. So with all that reassurance, Joshua gets straight to work. And three days later, they're on the move and ready to move forward into what God has planned for them to do. Now, that's a big undertaking. They reckon there was probably about a million people involved at this point. That's a heck of a lot of packing when you come to think about it, isn't it? And they were ready to go. So where does all that leave us today? Because it's a story that happened hundreds and hundreds of years ago. Sometimes these things can seem a little irrelevant. But I think there are lots of things we can draw out of this story. And the first thing is to remember that Moses was dead and that Joshua wasn't Moses. Joshua was going to bring fresh things to his role of leading the children of Israel. And God didn't expect him to be Moses. What he required of Joshua was obedience. That he carried on trusting God, listening out for instructions. So if you're starting something new, a new season, a new job, new experience, remember that each one of us is unique. We all have unique giftings, unique skills, unique talents, and so on. So what we bring to a role is different to anything that anyone else might bring. So there's no point comparing yourself to people who are around you or who might have done the job before. Because this is a new era and you 
are God's choice for this role at this time. And God's faithfulness to you doesn't change, but his methods might. So don't, try, uh, don't be afraid to try and do things slightly differently, to take on challenges, to try something out from your point of view, from your perspective, because that's what you bring to the new role. And remember in all of it that God is with you and that he wants to communicate with you. He wants you to succeed. The second thing is that we still need to follow God's word. That advice hasn't changed. Verse 8 of our passage says, Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. The Bible is God's unchanging always word to us. And it contains truths that are constant. Psalm 119 is a great psalm about God's word. Verse 89 tells us, The word of the Lord is eternal. It stands firm in the heavens. And then verse 105, Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. And someone very helpfully once said to me that those two words, lamp and light, a lamp is just for your next footstep, but the light shines up on the road ahead. So it's taking you one step at a time. We can't manage without the word of God the Bible. So then it matters that we read it regularly. It matters that we do what it says. It needs to become the bedrock of all that we do and say, and it should be the first place we go to to find answers. And, you know, if we're thinking of doing or saying something that contradicts teaching in Scripture, then it's probably not a good idea to do it. The third thing is that we need to listen for God's voice. We need to learn to listen. Notice how in verse 1 of our chapter, the Lord speaks to Joshua. And the assumption here is that Joshua and God are in regular communication. So Joshua recognized God's voice. He knew who it was who was speaking to him. Now that's going to be vitally important for Joshua in the weeks and months ahead. Because God wanted to be actively involved in the lives of his chosen people, the children of Israel. He was promising to be with them at every step. And so it would be prudent to listen for his promptings and his instructions. So I've got three questions for us on the back of that. First one is, how well do we really hear God speaking to us? Two, do we know what his voice sounds like? And three, do we make time to stop and listen? So we do those again. How well do we really hear God speaking to us? Do we know what his voice sounds like? And do we take time to stop and listen? Now, if the answer to those questions is, um, I'm not sure, then my challenge is, what are you, what am I going to do about it? A really good place to start might be the Living Free course that we were talking about earlier. It's a really good course because it helps point out to us ways, things that might be blocking us hearing God, blocking our relationship with him. And if there are things that are stopping you, then that's stopping you entering fully into what he has for you. We all need to learn to hear his voice more clearly. 
But of course, here today at this point in history, if we have decided to follow Jesus, we have the incredible privilege of having the Holy Spirit living within us. This was something that the children of Israel couldn't experience because at that point, the Holy Spirit hadn't been poured out. It was only given to a very few special people who could hear God's voice. So for us today, we can be assured that the more we learn to listen, the more we will hear. Because God wants to communicate with us. He wants to be in constant relationship with us. He wants to guide us and lead us and accompany us at every point of the journey. Because we matter to God. We're his children. We are precious to him. The fourth thing is that we said earlier that Joshua is reminded to be strong and courageous three times in this passage. Now, I suspect that Joshua knew that the journey ahead wasn't going to be straightforward. After all, he and Caleb had been in and had a bit of a sneak preview. But the fact that the Lord God Almighty is telling him so forcefully not to be afraid must have made him wonder just exactly what was round the corner. It would be a bit like Jonathan issuing all our new members of staff with panic buttons that are linked directly to the local police station with instructions not to go anywhere without them. They might start rethinking their jobs at St Paul's. But you know, the point for Joshua was that God was reassuring him that even if things got messy, which they did, he was never going to be alone. He would always have access to guidance. More than that, God was going to go before him and behind him and surround him and hold him secure. It was going to be a big challenge, but because God was with him, the resources that were available to him were limitless. God still says to us, be strong and be courageous. He still promises us his protection And the very last words that Jesus spoke before he was taken up to heaven were, I am with you always to the very end of the age. Be encouraged, we are not alone, ever. And then fifthly, God is unchanging. Hebrews 13.8 reminds us that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. And one of the names that God gives himself in the Old Testament is I am. It's not I was or I will be, it's I am, present tense, ongoing. So the God who promised to be with Joshua, whatever happened to him, is the same God who accompanies you in whatever it is you are facing. There's nothing we can face that is ever too big for God to handle. Nothing. And Psalm 23 promises us that even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And then there's an amazing verse in Isaiah 43, verse 1, and it says, Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. Just let that settle for a moment. That's the Lord God Almighty saying, You don't need to fear, because I, God, have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. I know your name. You are mine. You belong to me. You are my child. You are precious. These are promises we can hold on to because the one who made them is totally faithful. 
And finally, if you read on further into the book of Joshua, it's a good read, you'll find that things did get pretty hairy at times. The first thing they had to do was cross the River Jordan, which was in full flood at the time. That was a bit of another Red Sea moment. And then they came up against Jericho. That got interesting too. And of course, Joshua got things wrong. He was a human. Sometimes he forgot to ask God, forgot to listen, and he messed up. But God never broke his promises. However flawed Moses or Joshua or later on David, Solomon, Jonah, a whole host of Bible characters, however flawed they were, God was always faithful, always. And he still is. You know, so whatever it is that you're facing in this new season, know that you're not alone. You have someone with you who wants you to flourish. He wants you to grow. He wants you to learn more about him. Now, that doesn't mean that things may always run smoothly. If you ask anybody who's been a Christian for any length of time, you'll know that that is not the case. Things do get messy. Sometimes God takes us right to the edge. But you know, it does mean that you will always be held securely. And that is a really priceless gift. So what we're going to do now is we're just going to pray, spend some time listening to God. So can I invite you to stand? And perhaps the band might like to go back. And we're just going to take some time to let some of that settle. And what we do in this church, if you're not used to this, is we just spend some time in the silence, just waiting on God. Don't let that scare you. Just start listening out to what God might be saying to you. So Lord Jesus, we ask you by your Holy Spirit to come and speak to each one of us here. To nudge us bring us verses of scripture or pictures or words. Lord God, just specific for us. Holy Spirit, come.